the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Innovators Network. Kim McNicholas on innovation. Spotlighting successful entrepreneurs, innovators, investors, and industry experts. Their stories and insights can help you become better informed, better educated, and a better investor. Your host is Emmy Award-winning anchor, reporter, and writer Kim McNicholas. Kim has been a journalist at Forbes magazine, a Fox News Channel contributor, vetted more than 3,000 startups, and has been a mentor for entrepreneurs around the globe. Now, Kim McNicholas on innovation. Today's show is all about the future of communication with computers as if they are human. That's thanks to artificial intelligence. It's all the buzz these days. AI, AI, AI. It's at the core of more than 3,000 startups, according to AngelList. At its foundation, AI is intelligence exhibited by machines where they display the ability to make rational decisions based on their surroundings and information given to them. Q&A, or question and answer, is the most widespread use of artificial intelligence right now. We've all been to a website where a window pops up asking if you could use some help navigating a site and finding more information about a product or service that you want. You may have met those so-called chatterbots or chatbots are also known as simply bots on Facebook Messenger, even on the phone as well. You call United Airlines and the voice asks you what you're calling about. That's a bot. It listens for keywords and directs you accordingly. Taking it to the next level, you've got Apple Siri, Amazon Alexa, Google Home that all use AI to create realistic human-to-computer conversations. Artificial intelligence technology is getting so good that very soon you may not even realize that you are conversing with you are not conversing with a human online. And throughout the course of this hour, you'll get a clear picture of just how good they are getting. Even now, let's start with Octane.ai. It's the easiest way to create and manage a bot that you can use to engage with your audience on Messenger. It was co-founded by Ben Parr. He was the editor of popular tech blog Mashable, and he went on from there to start a tech fund. And beyond that, decided that artificial intelligence was the next big disruptor. And he realized that one of the most popular aspects of AI is the chatbot. So he co-founded Octane.ai. Welcome, Ben. Thank Hi. you. How are you doing, Kim? Oh, I can't believe I'm like, where in the world is Ben these days? <laughs> and you're actually in San Francisco. So you're right here in the Bay Area for at least a day or two. <laughs> At least a day or two. I head off on the road again next Monday. Oh, wow. Speaking about Octane and artificial intelligence, I imagine. Yes. A lot of Octane and a lot about the future of AI. And before we get into Octane in particular, I want to talk about artificial intelligence in general. And work on artificial intelligence or AI dates back to the 1950s and 60s. In fact, Eliza 
was the first chatterbot ever coded, and that was invented in 1966, and it used only 200 lines of code and imitated the language of a therapist. So it was a therapist bot, in a sense. And humans actually grew attached based on Eliza's emotionally programmed responses. So, you know, why do you think that it took more than 50 years for bots to really take hold? Why was 2016 the year for bots to catch on? The short answer to your question, and then I'll go into the long answer, (laughs) but the short answer to your question is messaging apps and their widespread availability. And that's the main reason why chatbots and these conversational interfaces are possible. Now, the longer term thing. So Eliza, for those who've never talked with an Eliza bot before, basically repeats back to you the things that you're saying. So you'll say something to Eliza like, hey, uh, I'm feeling sad, and then Eliza will respond back, but why, so why do you feel sad? And then it actually lets people, like, outpour it. It was one of those simple kinds of interfaces. It didn't require a ton of AI to be super successful, just a rules-based system. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, not a lot of people could access it because there was no place to access it. Not, messaging apps were not universal. You didn't have a phone. You didn't have messaging. Now that's all changed. And so you Every think smartphones... Right. Smartphones were really the catalyst for AI and chatbots. Smartphones was the big step, and then messaging apps came and followed. So billions of people now have smartphones and message, and now billions of messaging apps. Facebook Messenger, 1.3 billion people have Facebook Messenger alone. And that's not to count the hundreds of millions of people who – billions of people who use other kinds of messaging apps. And they're all accessible from your pocket. So now, if you wanted to have a conversation with Eliza or any other chatbot, all you have to do is pull out your phone. It can send you a mm-hmm. message. It was the beginning of that. That's why bots are so prevalent now or possible. I do find it inter- interesting that we've all heard the ubiquitous phrase that there's an app for that. But it turns out that a study from Comscore revealed that 78% of smartphone users use just three apps or less, and messaging apps are by far the most popular. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. And so look. If you're, if you're a brand, you have, like, an option of, like, I'm going to go and create a whole app that nobody will ever download. Or I could create an experience, a bot in Messenger, and everyone will use it because they already have Facebook Messenger and iMessage and WhatsApp on their phones already. It's kind of like, like, at the very minimum, it's like putting up a website. You just have to do it because you want to reach where your customers are, where your users are, where your fans are. Right, you and know- they're not on email. They're on messaging. They are. You know, it's interesting that Brian Solis, he is, you know, an expert with Altimeter Group and consulting group that that analyzes all the biggest trends. And one of the things that he was saying, he put out an article recently that was talking about how websites are incredibly antiquated, that they're there's no reason to put a lot of money into them because all they are right now for big corporations are online brochures. And what you really need to do is create um, opportunities for engagement, not just an online brochure. And creating um, messaging opportunities, interactive opportunities between you and your customer is really key. And that's where Octane comes in. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Do you want, am I promoting your company? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, well, that, your biggest pimp right here on the radio. <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just makes logical sense when you talk about it, right? You need to reach out to customers. Uh, example, you, businesses are doing it over email right now. Primarily. Right. The click-through rates of email marketing campaigns are abysmal. There's between 1.2 and 4.7%. Uh, 
in terms of click-through rates for an email marketing campaign, depending on your industry. The average click-through rate for a campaign run on Octane AI so is 40%. So Octane AI is all around running marketing campaigns using chatbots over messaging apps. But why is it that it works your over camp- a chatbot over versus email? Because it ha- happens over messaging. Because people open their Facebook Messenger because it's not a giant spammy email with all these images and hard to load. It's a simple message. It's a start of a conversation. And you as the user can decide, do I want to continue that conversation? But what is it about that? Because you didn't just take some sort of email marketing campaign and transition, you know, put it onto Messenger. You had to do a lot of, you have a journalistic background. You were the editor of Mashable, very popular tech blog. So you're bringing probably some journalistic style to those uh, bots. So creating content for conversations is a totally different paradigm than writing content for email. So uh, like example, if I was writing an email trying to promote a 5%, a 10% discount for my store, I'm going to write this long email with images and maybe 5% of people will click on a link in that. Mm-hmm. But in a messaging conversation, like you'll have to imagine this, but it'll, it won't start with, hey, 5% off as its first message. Because like if I went to you and I just like, hey, I got shoes, you want to buy them? You're going to say no, that's like not the way you do it. In real life, we start a conversation. I like do small talk, how's the weather, how's your family, all that sort of thing. And then I lead into... Uh, so it seems like that your feet are hurting. Maybe you need new shoes. I actually have these shoes that are aerodynamic. Would they be interesting to you? And you say yes, and you're more likely to close a sale. And so what we found is when, a con- when it's conversational, so like uh, Octane AI bot, for example, L'Oreal uses us. Cover FX uses us. So in a conversation with L'Oreal, with Keel specifically, it's not going to be like, hey, buy this thing. It's going to be like, let me help you find a product. What kind of skin do you have? What kind of product are you looking for? This one might work for you. Do you want to get it? And we find the more conversation, the more back and forth there is between you and the user, the higher the conversion and the higher the click-through rate, which seems counterintuitive at first, but makes sense when you think about it. Well, coming up right here on Kim McNicholas on Innovation, we'll find out how these bots are infiltrating your Facebook page and you're not resisting it. So stay with us. Now, back to Kim McNicholas on Innovation. Welcome back to the show. We have Ben Parr. He's co-founder of Octane.ai, and we are talking about chatbots and how websites are completely antiquated. There's no use in having a website anymore that is simply an online brochure. It's all about taking advantage of messaging. Ben is on the line. Ben, thank you so much for joining us. Hello again. (laughs) So... We were, we were talking, I was asking the question before the break about how it is that these corporations, these brands can infiltrate my, my messenger on Facebook. How do they reach me? So infiltrate is the wrong word. And I say that because uh, you as the end user need to opt in in some way to receiving messages. Okay. I think is a really good thing. You don't want to have to spam people out of the blue with a bunch of messages. It's not based on, for example, uh, you can't message a person just because they liked your Facebook page. They need to message you first or do some action to approve it in some way. Okay. So we built a lot of cool tools to do this. Some of the ways are people click the message button on your Facebook page. We cre- and then a bigger one is we create URLs for every single conversation you create within your bot experience. We call these convos. It's a feature that only we have. 
And so you could share these URLs just like you would a blog post. And if people click on it, rather than dropping to your blog, they'd actually start, it would actually start a conversation in Facebook Messenger with you. A uh, third way that we built is uh, integrating into those sign-up forms for like when you sign up for a newsletter, you sign up for uh, a product. There's a little checkbox that you can add where it'll, if the checkbox is checked, then it'll send a messenger and it doesn't require Facebook Connect or anything complicated. It'll, instead of getting an email follow-up confirming, they'll get, a fa- they'll get a message over Facebook Messenger. And so all the same tools, like again, that you used for getting people to sign up for your newsletter over email, we built for Messenger. So you, you were saying that email marketing's usual click-through rate is about 1% to 5% and Octane's click-through rate for campaigns is 40%, which makes me wonder, have you tried or are you taking the approach of marketing your product based on what it doesn't supply rather than on what it does, basically the benefits of what it doesn't do based on people's annoyance with email marketing? That is definitely a thing. Like, look, we, like, I think that most email marketing is just bad. It's spammy. People buy lists. There's all, like, people don't read it for that reason. Mm-hmm. Messenger doesn't have those same issues. Like, our environment is controlled. You, people have to opt in. It's shorter messages. So if someone says, like, you, if you say, hey, you want to chat, and you say no, it won't continue the conversation. Like, super simple. You can write unsubscribe, and you will be unsubscribed. You have a lot more control. And as a result of that, of the things that it doesn't do that the email marketing sometimes does, it's just a better – it's a better channel for a lot of kinds of marketing campaigns. I'm not saying you abandon your email marketing. I'm saying this is a major augment to it. What is most objectionable about your product? That is a good question. I think that if, if for example, somebody abused our system and sent like 50 messages at once, and that would be 50 push notifications, that'd be annoying. Luckily, none of our customers do that, but we're building in more systems to prevent people from spamming uh, their audience on Facebook Messenger because spam is the enemy. Oh, yeah. And that's what, that is what my biggest concern is. And can you use that um, fear of spam, you know, basically what's objectionable about your product to actually create a community of customers? I, we have used that to get the best customers and get the right customers and to help optimize the conversations because number one goal of a brand is or a music artist, a lot of music artists also use us in addition to like L'Oreal. Right. Uh, is to, you know, get them to take action of some kind. No one's going to take action if you send a message every single day. So we really encourage our customers and they follow that advice. Maybe one a week one, or one every two weeks. You don't have to send a message all the time. It's what's important you're sending. So your customers know when you're sending a message over Octane AI, it's really important. It's something special. It's something that they can't find anywhere else. It's something that they need to pay attention to. So what are the next steps? Um, I mean, screenless devices, thanks to chatbots, I mean, Amazon's Echo or Amazon Alexa, Google Home. I mean, are you guys going to go into the screenless realm with your chatbots? We will be everywhere where you communicate with your customers. Now, what platforms that is and in which order, I cannot quite say yet. But I would say that every platform where you communicate with your customers, we want to be on and we want to help make that experience better. So I'll let your imagination run from there. (laughs) 
I mean, this must be you were really at the forefront of of this entire movement, which I think is incredibly exciting and incredibly telling about just you and your character and your ability to um, tap into what's next and to know what's next. So I'm just really curious, you know, before starting, you know, when you made the decision to go from Mashable into the industry itself, what really was itching? You know, for you going, you know, that made you want to jump from a journalist to actually being a part of the community that you are covering. So my story is a little bit unique because I had originally been an entrepreneur in college. So I went to Northwestern and in Northwestern, I started the entrepreneurship entrepreneurship student group. Mm -hmm. I started the first entrepreneurship curriculum. I was all about that. Mashable almost happened by accident in the sense of. I, I did wrote articles on the side, and they did so well that uh, I became a part-time writer for Mashable. And then I became a, they hired me, and I made me a junior editor. And I was like, I'm going to go along this ride. And it was an incredible ride. We're going from junior editor to co-editor to editor-at-large to writing 2,446 articles for Mashable in my three and a half years there to managing a West Coast team, like all of those things. But entrepreneurship was always in my DNA, and I always wanted to build something. And, you know, I did a couple of things between Mashable and this, writing a book, Captivology, mm-hmm. and investing in startups through a small venture fund that I started. But really, I like building things. And I found that in the last year and a half since starting the company, I've learned more in the last year and a half than I've learned at almost any other point in my life. You have to just learn a new skill every single week yep. as an entrepreneur. It just says so much to me that you're actually, I mean, being a journalist myself and, and being able to tap into so many different things, I always find myself having trouble with sticking with one thing. And the fact that you're sticking with this one thing says so much about this particular industry. But as you look ahead, what has the potential of disrupting you? What has the potential of disrupting what you're doing with chatbots? Oh, that's another good question. This is why they pay you the big bucks, Kim. <laughs> the, the, look, I, I, I think that over communication over messaging is going to not just be the future, but is inevitable. And that, that communication between brands and consumers is inevitable. But if brands abuse that and turn it into something that is awful and gaudy, that could hurt the entire system. The other thing is if AI doesn't advance in the way that it needs to, long term because then that's another issue because look even a lot of the bots over messenger right now including ours are not super intelligent Mm -hmm. i'm not going to tell you that our bots will automatically understand everything your customers say that's just not realistic and anyone who tells you that is lying to you but over time they will get smarter and they will be able to do more but no one really knows if that's going to be two years from now five years from now or 150 years from now the progress of AI has been rapid and incredible, but there's still a lot of questions around like everything from what makes what is AI even in the first place to how do we treat AI if it becomes more and more intelligent to how much control do we need to have over it and how fast does it develop? Lots of questions. Lots of questions. But right now, Octane.ai and Ben Parr on the cutting edge. For more, go to Octane.ai.com. Thanks so much, Ben. Coming up next, more on artificial intelligence. So stay with us. 
Now, back to Kim McNicholas on innovation. Welcome back to the show. In the last 20 minutes, we've been talking about the impact of artificial intelligence on email marketing with Octane.ai co-founder Ben Parr. And now we have Baruj Sheth, who is a known disruptor in business. He actually was co-founder of Elance, which is a site that allows people, I mean, it's pretty much democratized so much in business, and it has expanded the freelance economy around the world and has provided opportunities for people in so many different areas that didn't have access to Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. opportunities to have an impact That's right. on business in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. And now you are doing the same <laughs> disrupting business in a different way right. with artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And you have started a new company. It's called Gupshup, which means... Chit-chat. Chit-chat. And mm-hmm. you have more than 30,000 small to medium-sized businesses as customers. That's correct. Yes. So obviously, you're doing something right. Obviously, small to medium-sized businesses are not um, as antiquated as people might think they're buying into the next big thing. No, that's right. I think it's just once technology and the tools get easier, it democratizes access. And in a way, you know, we did that with Elance, make it easier for millions of freelancers worldwide who had the talent, just didn't have the geographical proximity uh, to to the demand. And I think when you do the same thing, even with, um, you know, with messaging and chatbots and these AI experiences, as they become simpler, easier to use, I mean, they're just as eager, the needs are the same. Uh, it's just that, you know, they they want it to be simpler. Uh. I was talking with Ben about the fact that work on artificial intelligence dates back to the 1950s and That's 1960s right. with the first chatterbot, mm-hmm. Eliza, being invented in 1966. He was saying that the smartphone is, in fact, the catalyst for the takeoff of chatbots in 2016. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think I think so. I think it really, actually, the key inside there is really messaging, right? I mean, if you think about it, messaging has been around forever. Um, you know, internet protocol is essentially messaging, and then email has been around for a long time. But when you use uh, big screen devices, right, laptops, mm-hmm. desktops, and so on, your messaging window is just sort of at the side when you do real work on other applications, right? right? But the moment you go to the small screen, the mobile device, Really, the only thing that it's suited for or the best that it's suited for is is messaging, mm-hmm. right? Because you don't have a lot of real estate. You can't really have a lot of buttons and tabs and images and things like that, right? So suddenly, messaging has, become, has gone from being this little app on the side to sort of the primary app on the device. And that's what it's used much more for messaging than even for voice calls, right? So suddenly, mm-hmm. this become the dominant interface. And then the question is, okay... Now, how do you provide additional services through messaging, right? Messaging is not just for person-to-person chat, but then if you want to talk to businesses or to other sort of online services, uh, if you could just chat, wouldn't that be nice? And once you do that, what you really get is a is a chatbot, right? It's it, A chatbot is just a software program that can exchange messages with consumers. So, so, so basically, as the screens got smaller, messaging got dominant, and sort of chatbots have become, you know, sort of, this is the new interface. This is how uh, people are going to interact with businesses, or for that matter, interact with software and computers in, you know, in every way. So we do, I want to get into a little bit more of what this means. So we have a business that's listening right now mm-hmm. that has a website, and their website is pretty much an online brochure right. of their products and services. How is it that they should, after listening to this conversation, completely ditch the antiquated website 
and replace it with chatbots. Right. Uh, so, what does if, that look like? So, uh, let me just give a little bit of context. Right. Sort of, uh, I see. Uh, Basically, every decade or so, the the user interface changes, right? In the mid-80s, it was the desktop. Mm-hmm. In the mid-90s, it was the web and websites, right? In the mid-2000s, it was uh, mobile apps, right? Smartphones and apps. And now we're going to an era of messaging and chatbots, right? So every business had to offer their services previously as desktop apps, then as websites, then as mobile apps, and now really it's chatbots. So... Uh, so if you have websites, I think what you know there are tools that are making it easier. So you can take a website just off the shelf, take the FAQ, the many conversations in there, build some integrations, and you can create these chatbots, which then uh, become accessible through through other messaging apps. You know, Facebook Messenger, hopefully soon WhatsApp as well, and so on. Could be Alexa, Cortana, right? So it's not just text; it could be voice as well. Right. If we're talking yeah. about screenless, so it's going to go beyond just what's on a screen. It's going to go to exactly. what's already gone. Right. Yeah, I mean, Alexa, Siri, everybody uses it, and now you have these connections, though, so they can connect to your, your business chatbot, right? Uh, the, the analogy is very similar, right? It used to be uh, a user would go to Google and then come to your website. Right. Well, now they go to an Alexa and then come to your chatbot, right? So it's essentially the same thing, which means, you know, but if that's where consumers are, if that's where they want to interact with businesses, then businesses will have no choice but to engage at that level. So if a business is not screenless, are they behind the times? Uh, I think it's soon going to become that, right? Uh, I think it's at what point, and what does that mean? What will that look like? So I think uh, you know, follow the consumer behavior, if you will, right? Which means uh, consumer I mean, messaging apps are are huge, right? Between WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger and Slack and Telegram and Alexa and so on, there's like hundreds of, I mean, billions of users using it. Uh, now they're getting in the habit of interacting with businesses as well, and you have some chatbots that are starting to break out uh, here and there. But I think in the next few months, it's going to get to a point where, you know, even for your local restaurant, there'll be, you know, people expecting to be able to order food or look up menus and so on through um, through a Facebook Messenger, for example, right? So as so soon as that, once they start seeing more and more of their consumers, your number of orders coming in, the convenience, the takeouts and so on is increasing through that channel, I think uh, suddenly the the business logic, the ROI sort of starts materializing as well. Was it Domino's Pizza? That was really ahead of the times in allowing people to order via Facebook Messenger. That's right. I think there, there's been a few companies, 1-800-Flowers, Domino's okay, Pizza, and so that. on. Yeah, there's about 100,000 plus bots on, on Facebook Messenger uh, already. And there's quite a few brands uh, that are getting onto it. Now, their approval cycles are slower and sometimes, you know, they take time budgeting and such. Uh, but you're seeing an increasing number. And that's that's the point I'm making, right? As you have more brands doing this, it sort of creates this inflection point, this movement where consumers say, wait a minute, now, you know, there are more and more brands here, I can do almost everything here. And then uh, if I can just add one more point, right? I think, see, uh, this is going to be a massive, massive opportunity for small businesses or the long tail use cases, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. If you think about it, uh, smartphones and mobile apps, right? Uh, While there are millions of apps, most of of us don't like to download or use any more than one or two dozen apps. (laughs) So many on my phone, and I keep downloading, especially those exercise apps. (laughs) I never use them. But still, it's probably like, you know, a dozen apps here and there, right? So so the, the idea of the mobile device was it's your remote control for the world. You can do all these things. But mm-hmm. yeah, that worked for Uber and maybe a few apps, but not for much else. You don't have your restaurant app, your malls, your airlines and so on. But you do interact with these brands, right? So the good thing is, uh, while people don't, while people hate to download mobile apps, 
using chatbots, it's a lot easier. There's no download. You're in your messaging app already, and you can simply message uh, another entity, right, this time the business. So suddenly it opens up access from the mobile device to uh, to all these small businesses, right? If I'm sitting at the restaurant, I can just look at the menu right there. If I'm in the mall, I can look at deals and offers. If I'm at the airline, I can check out gate status and things like that. Mm-hmm. So so suddenly businesses will now have the opportunity to engage with, with mobile users in a more natural way because because opening the browser or downloading an app is is just much harder to do on a mobile device, right? So so coming back to the earlier point, mobile's driving messaging and it's going to democratize access to all these sort of long tail use cases or these uh, you know small businesses, medium businesses that it's not compelling enough to download the app, but it but you would absolutely use the chatbot and I think that's the real opportunity here. But I'm still having trouble visualizing it is to what this really looks like for a small to medium-sized business because they have to get people engaged first. Someone has to reach out to them, correct? So uh, I think uh, it's it's both ways, right? I think these uh, – let me generalize it a little bit, right? This trend of conversational experiences, right, is going to transform almost every business function, uh, including uh, marketing, engagement, and commerce, and customer support. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, let's say if, uh, you know, if a restaurant is sending out or any business is sending out deals and offers and so on, yes, of course, they can do the outbound stuff where it's no longer just a plain notification, but, it, but people can get details in inside the message itself and it's very conversational, right? Or when you come to commerce, it may be somebody's already in the store or they're walking into your store, right? But instead of waiting in line, if they can order your, you know, order something 10 minutes before and have it ready for takeout, suddenly you could destroy every line everywhere, right? Wouldn't that be great? So so suddenly commerce becomes a lot easier as well. And then support, right? If people have queries or questions, sometimes if it's a complex purchase, you want to ask somebody mm-hmm. and so on. So suddenly you can automate a lot of those experiences as well, right? So, so it's not, I mean, of course, it's about marketing, but it's also about commerce and support and so on. So every, every business function get transformed and it allows businesses to engage one-on-one with every one of their customers they could do personalized interactions they can uh, really have the history of their preferences so 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 think about it right the easiest way to order pizza for a consumer should be you know um, send me the usual and it knows i love that yes you it knows what you (laughs) like where you live where your wallet is and so and you know what soda to go with it i mean the whole thing is just oh yeah my biggest pet peeve is having to remember what i ordered before or even with a retail site having to um go back and search for the product that i just ordered the last time versus just having them know hey do you want to order this again exactly Right. So, so see, the opportunity is for personalization, for engagement and so on. So whether your customers are coming in to your business or you're marketing to them, it can transform everything. Thank you so much. Coming up on Kim McNicholas on innovation, we'll have more with Barood Chef. So stay with us. Now back to Kim McNicholas on innovation. Welcome back to the show. We have Barood Chef. He is the co-founder of Gup Shop, otherwise known as Chit Chat. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that. How did you come up with that name? Well, uh, how did you know it was Gupshup? Is that it's in in Indian, Indian. languages? Yeah, but uh, it also means you know one word English domain names are all gone. Yeah. Yes, that's so <laughs> true. Are we have we are we beyond domain names now? I uh, know, getting ah. there. I mean, think about like Hadoop and you know sites like that. I mean, it's like what language is it? Don't even know. <laughs> is the chatbot the catalyst for the? elimination 
of domain names. I think so. I hope so, actually. <laughs> I am. What is that going to look like? Because I just, I mean, who can get their the domain name that they want anymore without paying ten thousand, twenty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars? Exactly. Exactly. You just <laughs> so tell Alexa saying, "Get me pizza," and you don't need to remember the domain name, right? It just knows where to get it from. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I would love to do that in a screenless fashion. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, recently you partnered with Skittles and also with MindBody. What are you doing with them? Oh, uh, yeah, I think really creating creating these bots, right? So I think uh, MindBody is a tool that's used by lots of salons and studios uh, that um, and uh, scheduling appointments with all of them, right? These are small businesses and uh, there's only so much staff, but you get a lot of incoming calls and everybody has a question you know, what style, what cart, and what to do, and so on. So, so I think this just makes it, it automates the whole experience. They can get advice, information, and then make the appointment, schedule the appointment as well, or, or rechange as required. Is that just such. via chat? Yeah, so exactly. It Written could be, chat? Uh, yeah, so it's text. It's primarily text right now, but voice sort of is the, is the next thing as well. Uh, we're working with a lot of large, large brands as well, which then want to offer their products. Right? Think about it: product discovery. You have so many flavors, so many brands, so many, you know, colors and types and so on. So there's a there's some telecom providers, retailers, and you you name it, or consumer goods companies. So with Skittles, if you want to taste just one color of the rainbow, can you put in the text, "Hey, just send me a package of Skittles"? Yeah, <laughs> with red. Exactly, and I think it has to be in the voice <laughs> of the brand and so on. So we've we've some cool announcements coming up shortly. Uh, we'll, we'll share more about it. But that's that's exactly the idea, right? You want to, uh, there are loyal fans and customers that want to engage uh, really with the brand. And this gives, this affords an invaluable opportunity for businesses and brands to to do that with your consumers. So so you have every, you know, I, I believe literally every business, every brand is going to have to build a chatbot sooner or later. They just don't know it yet. Okay. But, uh, or, or they're starting to realize because, you know, that's where consumers are. But I'm still not, I mean, if I was a small to be medium-sized businesses and I was listening, I still would be confused as to where do I start with building a bot? Yes, they can go to sure. your site, but then where do you put it and how do you get people to engage with it? And I know Ben was saying earlier, well, you actually find people on Messenger, wait for them to m- message you first, um, send it out in the email newsletter. So let's uh, l- let's make it simple, right? So, so firstly, in terms of creating, the tools are getting easier, uh, like the example I just gave, right? So one is we're creating templates for standard businesses, like let's say uh, salons or restaurants or other sort of similar repeatable patterns that mm-hmm. are templates we're defining so that a business can just take a template, add their own menu, and then it just works, okay? But in terms of getting consumers to use it, I think the simplest could be even when people walk into your storefront, right? I mean, uh, they're there. They're probably waiting in line, uh, waiting for you to get to them and so on and so forth, right? So imagine if you just had a little thing saying, hey, now you can interact with us through this chatbot. And instead of waiting in line, if somebody could just look at that and then place their order and could sit and do other things or go back and come back out and you could notify them when the thing is ready for pickup uh, and whether it's food or it could be a store or a mall, you know, how much time do people spend waiting to first place the order, then right. make, make the payment, select an item. And, and then you imagine if you're in a, in a store and you're looking for that particular item, what aisle is it and how do I find it? And they never have just enough staff to answer all those questions. Yes. So, so, you know, there's a lot of conversations bit by bit that go into any sort of transactional element, right? And, and I think if you just sort of automate it, suddenly it frees up the people to do the real work, right? I mean... 
And so that could be via text. So you always see if you want to have a question, you text it to, you know, 7487 and then you can put a question. So actually it's a lot. You're right. Right. But it's a lot easier than that. But like, say, with Facebook Messenger, for example, they provided these these codes. Uh, it, it looks like a QR code, but it's circular. And you can just scan it, right? So you point your camera at it, you scan it, and it automatically connects to the chatbot, right? And then you say, the bot says, welcome to ABC Store, and then it offers You still have to log into an app. It has to be either the Facebook Messenger app or some app first. Sure, but uh, yes, but that is not a huge problem because that people are already doing that, mm-hmm. right? You have like three or four billion users worldwide using messaging apps. In fact, that's the thing they use the most, Right. So it's sort of the least intrusive than even texting. Actually, it's to sort of be in the messaging app. So or or even with the with the Google Assistant or Siri, I mean, it's already on your device. Usually you just press one button and it just pops up right there. So so that's easy. And then when you're in the store, you connect to that chatbot. Uh, or if you're far away, maybe you get a, a marketing message or you look up a, a customer may even look up something on Facebook Messenger. So there are many ways in which the user will discover. But even if you just start with people walking to your store, right, even in a uh, your local cafe, I mean, again, long lines, people are waiting, you're in a rush. Mm-hmm. Won't it be nice if 10 minutes before I get there, I place the order, it's ready for pickup, I've already paid so for nice. it, I just pick up and walk out, right? So so I think things like that, these little interactions that are very time-consuming, that are very, um, you know, and very repetitive, very predictable, and you can just automate it, you can streamline In fact, even better, right? I mean, I order the same coffee every day, so why do I have to tell you every day what I want? I mm-hmm. mean, just sort of, okay, one more. You know, hit me again. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Just hit me again with that exactly. caffeine. So we have time for one final question, about yeah. 30 seconds here. Desktop to website to mobile to apps to chatbots. We're really still at the forefront of this next big shift. Mm-hmm. But how long do you think this shift is going to last where chatbots are the it thing and what's next? Uh, <laughs> I think, well, <laughs> probably, I mean, based on past re- track record, I think it's probably a decade at least. Uh, but I think there's more, right? Uh, so the next is maybe AR and VR, right? Virtual reality, augmented reality, things like that. But that's going to take a while because you still need a lot of headgear and hardware mm-hmm. and so on to fall into place. Uh, but if, as we think about uh, chatbots, uh, AI is is the future, right? Automating um, intelligent uh, sort of interactions between businesses and consumers. So I don't think even if the interfaces change, uh, even if the interfaces change, even if people do it in different ways, I think automating businesses is just going to be great value for everyone. Thank you so much, Barud Shath. He is with Gupshop, gupshop.com? Yeah, gupshop.io. Yes. So, yeah, thanks for having me on board. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And join us again next Friday at 1. This has been Kim McNicholas on Innovation. You can connect with Kim on Facebook forward slash Kim McNicholas or email kimmcnicholas at gmail.com. Be sure to join us again next Friday at 1 for Kim McNicholas on Innovation. This show is distributed by the Innovators Network. For more information and other great shows and content, visit theinnovators.network. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.